Well, hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Pursuit from Bourbon to Brand. I'm your host, Brian Bikey. However you all found us, we're so glad you're here to get a behind-the-scenes take on Pursuit Spirits brand. We have, as always, Kenny and Ryan joining me tonight. Guys, what's going on? Hey, Brian. Good to be back. Yet another, yet another week, yet another podcast talking about us once again. I think the coolest thing that we've had so far is some of the feedback that I've gotten randomly from comments that people have said, well, A, you've convinced me not to start a spirits brand. That's not what I anticipated to happen, but there has been people that said that. Uh, there's also been a few people that said, I'm just glad it hasn't felt like it's just me going through this alone. So we've been able to kind of combine our, our brain trust and kind of air the grievances. And it seems that everybody's sort of on board that we all run into the same exact issue. So it's it's not just us, but it's good to kind of get it out there for all the world to kind of understand exactly what, what it does take. I've gotten the same feedback and we've actually gotten opportunities from the financial talks. Uh, people have reached out to us about that. So uh, yeah, that's, it's been, we're learning, you know, we're hopefully teaching people and then they reach out to us and they're like, well, let me explain to you this a little bit more, how this works, you know, that and this and that. So it's been, it's been a great uh, two way street with this podcast getting to teach people, but also learn from what we're going through and people saying, well, you should think about it this way, whatnot. So yeah, it's been nice. Yeah. On the same line as those things, a reminder, anyone before we get talking on this, if there's other topics you all want to hear us talk about on future episodes, do not hesitate to email us podcast at Pursuit Spirits. Let us know if there's things that you want to hear us specifically talk about. But on the topic of things that kind of pertain to Pursuit Spirits specifically, on the topic of, of folks who, who have said we're kind of in this. Uh, similarly, I want to talk about something that seems like it's pertinent to consumers and to producers of spirits alike, and that's the competition realm. I think that there's probably several of them out there. We, we're, we're right on the tails uh, of the, the awards coming out for the San Francisco Spirits competition. I know that you guys have some some kind of thoughts on that. And, and I, I want to pull back because I know there's probably cost to enter those sorts of things. I don't necessarily know the criteria. I don't know what quantity of people submit for this to know how much they're whittling through. I know these sorts of competitions exist in, in all sorts of things. You know, we go through them in coffee and you know I've I've judged for good food awards for chocolate before. I know I know all sorts of things things take place. So I'd love to hear, you know, pros and cons of this, and then hopefully too, you know, what does that do for a brand? So that's a whole lot of things kind of condensed right there. So as we normally do, let's back up a little bit. Let's, we'll let's break wide it down. scope. We'll break it down. <laughs> let's break it down. Let's which, let's open it out. Which question? The topic of competition, spirit competitions. You know, one. We'll, we'll dive in, and I think in a second on some of the innate workings of it, and what I can, what I kind of know from the outside looking in. It's the best of my degree, but from a from a brand perspective, it's it's I guess it's kind of like a two way street. Some brands don't need to do it, and some brands do it because they need recognition. And I actually saw a tweet from somebody the other day that kind of I didn't say it rubbed me the wrong way, but it, I think it was looking at it the wrong way. And they said spirit competitions are only just for making bottles more expensive on the shelves or something like that. And I I don't really think it's it really is supposed to be looked like that, but instead it's more of a marketing opportunity for a lot of brands to be able to say, oh, we've got a gold medal, oh, we've got some of this. 
And then you've got also the flip side of people saying, well, everybody gets a medal. So everybody's, this is the participation trophy of our generation is that everybody in a spirits award gets a medal. I, I kind of want to debunk that just a little bit as we kind of start going through here. And, and that's because when we look at just what a spirits competition and award means to, to us, and before we get you know too much further is yes, we, we do enter, we do enter our stuff into competitions. And why do we do that? Well, because we're two guys, like we're just two podcasters and we started this brand. We have this journey of where we want to take it, yet we're not Buffalo Trace. We're not Heaven Hill. We're not these con- like massive companies that can rely on tourism and having a place that they can call home base and be able to take advantage of, of people, of tourism and everything like that. Because, and not only that, is they've got just such a large presence on the shelves everywhere across the country. Whereas we have to be very selective about what we do and, and how we can distribute and what markets we can go to. Because if we were on every shelf in every store in every country, then yeah, you wouldn't have to worry about doing too much like that. But the idea about what we need to do is, yes, we need we need something to talk about. We need something to be able to get in front of other whiskey media. We need something to be able to get in front of for, I guess you could say ammo for when we do need to start doing marketing campaigns and stuff like that. When you want to get your product in front of new distributors, in front of new markets, you've got to be able to say, hey, it's it's done this, this, and this. What do you think? So there there is a a, a need to have these. And it's it's just one of those things that you, you look at as kind of like a, a double-edged sword because you, you need them for the intensive purposes for a marketing avenue because you want to be able to show and say, yes, like we've we've got this, we've got double gold, we got gold, we got whatever from all these different competitions. And then you also don't want to look like a complete shill because a lot of people look at it and think, well, our awards just our award shows just all BS at the very end of the day. So we're we're you've got to try to find that balance. However, I think for us, we still need that that angle to be able to have something to to just talk about from a, a marketing aspect. Before I keep rambling on, I can dive into competitions, but I'll let Ryan or you know if you want to chime in on that. Yeah, second what you say. I mean, it's mostly a marketing engine for. You know, and it's changed some brands like trajectory. Like, you know, you look at Barrel Batch 11, you know, Barrel was uh, kind of, I mean, they were popular, but not as popular than Batch 11 winning San Francisco. I think they won like Whiskey of the Year or whatever. It really catapulted it into like the, you know, more of the common whiskey drinker scene where it was just more of like a niche whiskey geek market kind of product. You know, same thing with Henry McKenna, you know, it just kind of, blew it up you know from taking it to this whiskey geek kind of insider brand to where it was just like you know mass market appeal sought after whatnot so there's power in these i think the power really lies if you like win like best in class or something you know that's unexpected the medals you know as far as double gold gold it's nice you know when you see you know for us example you know winning a medal and you see like you look at okay well who are we going against? What was the category? Who's judging? And this and that. Because there's a lot in each different award, and we can get into that in later. But uh, brands like Willet, they've never entered one competition, and they're selling whiskey just fine, you know. But it's brands that have never had exposure, it's a nice badge of honor. You know, shelf talkers are great. I'm a sucker for them when it comes to wine because I'll go buy my wife bottles of wine and I have no idea what I'm looking for. But if I see a wine spectator, 88 points, you know, hidden, hidden gym value, this, that I'm like, Ooh, gotta try <laughs> this works. one. I gotta, I gotta show her what I know I'm talking about. So it works, you know, 
and those metals do work. People like them. I mean, you know, it's funny you walk in the Louisville airport and I mean, there's every brand imaginable there and they all got metal, this metal, that metal, 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 metal. And you're like, at some point you're like, okay, uh, what do these even mean? Are they important? But it does, I think it does help consumers give that like badge of confidence. Like, okay, I can try this product, you know, and I haven't heard of it, but someone else has approved it. And I think I can take the leap of faith. And and how you really go to that next stage. And that's what Henry McKenna one barrel did. Yes. They had to win best of class, basically best whiskey of the entire competition. And that's what gets you national headlines. Just because you win a double gold isn't going to get you national headlines. Because you get a double gold, you've got to go and create a press release and try to get it in front of people. And hopefully somebody talks about it. And 99% of the time, nobody's going to because it's just another competition. Yeah. While at the same time, everyone else that's won a double gold will come out with the same press release the exact same day, you know, and so you get kind of lost in the weeds. And so it just kind of, it just, yeah, it kind of loses its sizzle. It, it is nice, you know, to get someone else's badge of approval, you know, to say your whiskey is among the best of the best. And so it's, you know, that's what you strive for. And I'm sure we can banter on about <laughs> it a lot more. But One of the questions that Brian asked was, you know, how much does this cost? Well, we'll take San Francisco because San Francisco is, uh, for lack of a better term, the gold standard. You know, when we're talking about these, of course, there's. Uh, Fred Minnick has his Ascot Awards. There's this, the Barleycorn Awards, SIP. There's Beverage Institute. There's the New York one. There's like the Bartenders Guild. There's the World Whiskey Awards of Singapore. I mean, there's hundreds, literally hundreds. And you'll see some brands out there without naming names. They'll say the most awarded whiskey of all time. Well, all it takes is for you to just set, to send two bottles, pay an entrance fee, and hopefully you get an award back and you can go ahead and then start putting a tally down. So it's it's hardly a, a way that I would look as a badge of honor doing something like that. But if we take the, the San Francisco Spirit Awards as, a, as an example here, it's $500 per entry. And $500 also means you need to send in two bottles of whiskey. And those two bottles then go off. And when you enter, you enter into a particular category. There was a few different things that I was like, you know, we were trying to figure out where would we send Pursuit United in because there's a few different ones you could do. I mean, there is, I think it was small batch under five years is what we had put ours in. There's also a straight bourbon category, which we also could have put ours in. So there is a little bit of a confusing mechanism. So you just kind of have to take your your best stab at it when you're going through. Usually some of them are pretty pretty straightforward because sometimes you could choose single barrel. Sometimes they're small batch, nine years and older single barrel, 10 years and older, whatever it is. So there's a lot of criteria that you would choose as you're just going through and selecting these. And then once you ship it off, you kind of <laughs> sit back and wait for the emails to come in and, and see what the results were. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, people say like, oh, they just paid for those medals or awards. I, I didn't see any box where you could add <laughs> extra money. To, to you know, like if you want extra recognition here, check this box. Uh, but uh, yes, yes, it's very digress. true. Sorry. Uh, and then when you choose, yes, I, when I say you choose, you can literally go choose. Um, there's there's nothing that says that somebody just can't go choose. You know, two honey bottles that you got sitting around from a particular barrel, and that's what you enter, and that's the single barrel that's going to go and you know take you to the top. It's it's kind of up to your discretion, whatever it is, and and that's kind of what you have to go by. Now, the other thing is once you get into the the competition side of things, you don't always know who is who is judging. That's always kind of 
a little bit up in the air. Of course, you can go to the website and you can look at the, it says these are the judges. And from what I know, and this is just from talking to our good friend, Fred Medic, that go, and he is a judge at these things. He basically said there's so many bourbons there that even as a bourbon judge, he will not be able to taste every single bourbon that's there. Instead, it's split into multiple groups. There's groups of three and each group gets, you know, basically, I don't know, X number of, of whiskeys to go and taste through and they rate them. And as they rate them, what they do is they individually rate them. So if, if all three were on here, us, me, you, Ryan and Brian, and we tasted a whiskey and we said, okay, we're all going to rate that gold. Since we all three rated a gold, that means it gets a double gold. However, that's if one of us was to rate that a bronze, then it kind of has to meet in the middle and that becomes a silver. We've also heard, uh, you know, kind of just the ways that's kind of like the way the math works out. If it's two golds and a silver, then it's still a, uh, a gold at the end of the day. So that's what I kind of know from the inside of just kind of how the judging of the competition works. You got to understand that this is all done blind, which I think is probably the best way to do a competition. You, you don't know really what you're, you're, you're getting into it. And for us, we were pretty excited because we got a double gold this year, which was from Pursuit United Rye. It was the first batch that we ever came out with. And that was a really kind of cool badge of honor to be able to get that. You see that and you're like, great. And you're like, all right, what did Pursuit United Bourbon get? And we're like, what the heck? Second year in a row, we got a silver. I remember when we, Ryan, do you remember the first time we we entered Pursuit Series into San Francisco? We got a gold. We got a gold. Yeah. And we were like, we're not going to talk about this. This is this is embarrassing. Like it, double gold or nothing. Like that's what we kind of thought. And it took me a minute because when I saw that we got silver and Ryan goes, well, you know, who was our competition? And I started looking through it and I go, yeah, after all, this doesn't seem like it seems a little weird when I started looking at some of these things because we have tried a bunch of whiskey. We're, we're super blessed and lucky that we get to do what we do. And now we have bottles that are sent to us every single week from craft distilleries and just distilleries all over the U.S. of people that want us to taste and try and review their whiskey. So we've tried a bunch of stuff and there was a lot of good stuff on there that I was surprised that didn't get higher than they did. When I started looking at this, I said, oh my God, there's a lot of places that got silver, even very well-respected places. We just talked about barrel bourbon. They got a silver. One of the most probably best craft brands that we've tried in the past few years, Frey Ranch, that got a silver. And that started thinking, I was like, man, that seems really weird. Well, I'm going to start diving into this and figuring out like what else did, you know, what else kind of came out of here? And I think there was one that, as we kind of just alluded to there a minute ago, was Henry McKenna. Henry McKenna won best bourbon of the world. Like it was the pinnacle. It was the peak of greatness of whiskey. And this year, it's just next to us in the silver category. Yet, People are still charging $125 or $150 a bottle at a liquor store. So that's like part of me that's kind of like, man. <laughs> Along with well, Eagle, Eagle Rare, Rare 17, 17. I didn't even get a silver. Yeah. A bronze. Yeah, yeah. So those those are the types of things that I look at and I'm kind of like, man, I don't know if, if like we just got a bad panel. And as I kind of mentioned earlier, you don't know who is on your panel. You don't know who's testing it. If we would have entered into the straight bourbon instead of the best instead of just small batch under five years what have we had done differently what if we would have gotten a different panel i don't know so i think those are the things that you know it's a coulda woulda shoulda in your head but who knows we'll just enter again next year because this is the way this is the way the world works here 
As soon as you <laughs> yeah. get your first and double gold, it's double gold from then on. Like you're you, done. Don't, you don't need to enter it ever again. Like it's you're, you're double gold forever. So you can just use that marketing material for from then on forever. But it's weird because like the first year we ever entered, we entered a single barrel. You know, I was like, Fred, we only want gold. And he's like, guys, gold's pretty good. <laughs> and he says silver's pretty good too. But uh, and I was like, he's like, what was this number? And I showed him, he's like, he's like, I didn't try that. I was like, what do you mean you didn't try that? <laughs> he's like, it wasn't in my group. San Francisco is a weird competition where it's so many spirits that not every, I guess, bourbon taster is necessarily going to rate bourbon. To give you an example, like even for the Ascot Awards, Fred asked me to be a judge and I got assigned to like gin and I'm like, I, I don't know gin, you know, it's like, it's, it's like, I mean, is it got tonic? I mean, what's the, you know, so it's just, you don't know who your panel is, what they're doing that day. And it's one of those things like you, you, you really want it to do well, but then like, I don't know, it's weird. You like discount it when it doesn't. So I don't know. It's a, it's a weird like conundrum with these reward things. You're like, cause you don't know who's behind them. What's to take. I don't yeah, know. You it, can't it's just a weird thing. Right. <laughs> you can't be like, hold on. I, I need a recount. <laughs> we need a new panel. Take it to the Supreme court. Yeah. Kenny, while you were looking through and you saw, you know, some of the things that, that also hit on silver or bronze, were you able to deduce anything that might just show, I don't know, maybe overall direction of what, what did you, did you categorize anything similarly? That's like, oh, these things seemed to do really well at, you know, for gold or for double gold. And, and they all seem to be, you know, they're, they're all MGP from what, you know, any sort of trends over the last, you know, couple of years since, since yeah. Henry McKenna was on top to, you know, Henry McKenna just hanging in silver. Well, let's not, you know, knock it down. I mean, Henry McKenna could basically come back next year and just take a gold and double gold. And that's just the nature of Henry McKenna. Or it could be the nature of the of the judges. So that could always change. Yeah, I mean, it, we've always, we've talked about MGP. MGP makes great product uh, by far. It's it's good stuff. It's not what we want to build our brand behind, behind but... Yeah, a five to eight year MGP. If you want a double gold, hey, that's all you have to put out. Like it was a it was a solid win, um, an easy recipe for success that a lot of people are, are using and following. And you know, more power to them. And you know, it's just one of those things that we've talked about is you know, how long can you build a sustainable business on this? Are you differentiating yourself in the market? What makes you better than anybody else, or is it just yet another MGP? Yeah, I mean, that was that was a trend in there um, for the most part. I honestly was just kind of surprised when I, I I saw a lot of things that I had tried personally that I loved. I mean, Ryan kind of talked about it and alluded to a minute ago. I mean, Eagle Rare 17, that was our favorite antique collection of last year, and it got a bronze. And that just, at that point, I kind of, I didn't lose respect for it, but I was kind of like, I, I, I'm kind of flabbergasted. Like, if if that gets a bronze, then there's no way Pursuit United Ride deserves a double gold. Like, that's that's the it's a hard thing for me to kind of wrap my head around. But there was, you know, we we love everything Lisa Wicker's doing over at Widow Jane and her Lucky 13 release also got a bronze. We love that. Um, I pretty much everybody's favorite that clears the shelves all the time is Elijah Craig Barrel Proof. And that's got a silver it's right next to us. So there's a lot of things. And then, you know, I think the one thing that's probably always surprising for a lot of people, even though I said Eagle Roar 17, but, you know, the the Buffalo Trace family in general, 1792, E.H. Taylor, Eagle Rare, MRT Lee, um, Old Charter Oak, Weller, CYPB, a lot of those got silver too. So I don't really know if that's just a, if it just doesn't. I, I think it probably has something maybe. to do with the blind yep. tasting aspect of it. 
because I, I, I was thinking about this when we go to barrel picks and like we, you know, we had just done one in Buffalo trace and you know, a lot of times when you do barrel picks and you do them blind, what ends up winning is probably like the most bold, the most like unique, you know, it might not necessarily be the best, but it's definitely not sweet. It's not balanced. It's not, it's definitely like, and that's where I could maybe see like those MGPs really stand out with that high rye is like, cause you're tasting through, you know, a lot of higher corn mash bills. And this has like that high rye that pops, you know, when you're tasting thousands of different samples. Um, so maybe it, that has something to do with it. You know, just the boldness of a, a high rye whiskey can help it stand out more so than, uh, a Buffalo Trace, which is more on the sweeter spectrum, easier on the palate, more balanced. I would totally agree because, yeah, that that high rye was definitely going to bring a bigger, bolder spice, especially compared to a weeded product. If you're going to try it next to it and you're going to be doing this 100 times over, you're going to be looking for something that's a little bit different, a little bit more unique and something that's going to kind of like really hug you at the end of the day. I think the good thing is, is that you do get to see the results at the end of this. And so you can see exactly where most people entering to and you can kind of look and uh, start analyzing and figure out okay we have x many entrants into this category x many entrants into this and i haven't done that math to, to analyze it but i would imagine that there's going to be a, a, a heavy skew in one way or the other that could potentially impact the way that we we enter again next year and not to say that I, I feel that we're going to keep entering until we get a damn double gold. I, I'm not stopping until we do. I got to work harder. <laughs> Look, work harder on my We're halfway blender. there. You got your you got the United Ride done. So cheers to that one. I, I just want to make sure that we, 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 we always put our best foot forward. And I think that it's not to come on here and, and kind of, you know, harp on these and, and be negative about it. I think that's not what we want to do. We just want to take a, an objection or objectable approach to this and, and kind of look at it from multiple angles because as a general consumer you don't really know what's going on as ryan said the best way that you know about these are these shelf talkers or those little tags you see when you're walking through your local liquor store that says this one x award it's got this many points so on and so forth and that's just what draws your eye and that's all people really look at and at the end of the day that is ultimately the goal for all this is to be able to have something that you can take back to put on a piece of paper, to put on something to put in front of consumers that have never seen your product before. But since you have an award, you have something, they get those warm fuzzies inside and they go, ah, okay, I trust this product now. <laughs> they feel safe. They feel safe. Yeah. I don't want to take anything away from any gold or double gold winners. They're all this very deserving. It. I think it's just, you know, like Kenny was talking about, it's just, some of the best whiskeys we had this year were, you know, just didn't get the awards. And it's just, it's, it's just, you don't know what people are going to do that day or what they're going to pick. It's like, it's such a, a subjective type of thing that's like, uh, be excited about it, but you can't hang your hat onto it and you can't beat your up self too up about it. It's just, you know, it's just, it's, it's okay. You know, it's, uh, it is what it is, what it is, you know, and maybe it's not exactly correlatable. One of the things that I tell my boss when we're when we're talking about coffee competitions, I think sometimes it's less about the immediate residuals that might come from the marketing. Sometimes I feel like if you're able to always have that shelf talker year after year because you you keep winning. You know, I think that that is one good that you keep winning, two in the industry 
I think you probably, you know, from distributors, from stores, you probably, they're the ones who will probably see this stuff a little bit more regularly. And they're able to say, hey, they have a track record of continuing to hit the mark. And I would think sometimes those continual, the continual hitting of the mark is is good. But yeah, let's 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 bring it back to to less about pursuit, less about uh, Cecil Coleman, and just say, you know, if you were if you were giving some advice to other folks coming in the market, do you think it's worthwhile? Let's say you got a, you know another budding brand, and they're deciding whether or not they want to spend some of the you know maybe it's part of their marketing dollars. You know, whatever, wherever that's coming from, do you suggest them throwing that into any of these common competitions over some other allotment that they could be put some other allocation they could put be putting it to? I, I certainly think you would probably need to look at it only because this is a low dollar form of marketing. It doesn't take much to enter these competitions. As I mentioned, $500 per entry. We had two different bottles. That's $1,000 we had to enter. When you're looking at this at a greater scheme of things and what a marketing budget is, for a lot of companies, that's really not that much money. And you can take the take whatever comes back and you can run with it, or you can choose not to. So if you come back and you get a bronze and you're like, well, I'm not going to talk about this. Well, then don't. Like Nobody's making you. Nobody's going to make you. Nobody's gonna, it's only me and a bunch of other whiskey nerds and other people who really care that are going to go start looking through the database of actually who entered and what they get. The general consumer isn't. So just from a, a general marketing perspective, it doesn't hurt to take a to take the leap and go and do it. I think the hardest part is that you gotta weed through the noise because as Ryan can probably attest, I would say about every other week we're getting an email from some whiskey competition or some spirits board or something that people want us to enter and send in bottles and pay an entrance fee for. And I, I, at the beginning of this year, I said, all right, we're going to do this, but I'm only going to do it for four this year. I was like, beyond that, I'm not going to do anymore. So I kind of looked and said, all right, what are the ones that we care about entering? Which ones hold a little bit of weight that we could talk about? And we'll see what comes back. If not, whatever, maybe we'll give some other ones a try next year. Like it's, it's, you know, we'll spread the wealth a little bit. Um, and, but back to your original question. Yes. I still think it's a, a decent form of, of allocating some marketing budget. What are those? If so I the four, ask. yeah. So the four that we did are maybe it was three. I can't remember now. On those, it, so it's four. It was San Francisco. It was the Ascot Awards. It was the SIP Awards and John Barleycorn. So those are the four that we entered. It doesn't. It's like Kenny said. It, it doesn't necessarily hurt you because nobody's going to know if you bombed. <laughs> but if you did good, you can use it to you know help you know uplift your brand. And so it, it's definitely a. And two, it's a good way to get a barometer on your product and see what, you know, what's uh, someone besides myself think of it. And, you know, that's a good way to be like, all right, I got to I got to keep working or, you know, hey, we got some traction here. We're making some, you know, some steps in the right way. Yeah, there's no lose. So I would highly recommend it. So this then is, I guess, a question maybe primarily focused towards Ryan. You know, do you have some of this thought in mind you know, as you kind of see, and again, we've talked about it's, you know, it's just at the mercy of the judges, the category that it's in competition that it's against. Do you take any of that? You know, as you tried the batch two of United Bourbon, as you reflect on batch one of United Bourbon, d does any of that 
kind of play in your mind as as you're working towards batch three to say, oh, you know, maybe people liked this element of of this batch more. I need to lean into that here. And, and again, similarly with the rye, you know, I know that we're working on the second batch of rye. So are you weighing any of that and saying, don't change anything about that? <laughs> you know, what do, do you, what do you think about? And I know it's, it's like, a, it's, it's good to know from, you know, it, when the, we first got silver with the bourbon last year, I was kind of bummed. Actually, I was really bummed. I was like, I failed. I failed Kenny. I failed everyone. And then like, but like a month later in the Ascot Awards, like we went, we won like our class and then we went head to head against Barstown Bourbon Discovery. I don't know, which was like a 12 year turkey, basically 12 year in turkey and Barton sourced bottle and 15 year. I'm sorry. And like they had to do a blind taste off between United and that to decide who was winning. And it was like, okay, well maybe I'm all is well in the world, but, uh, uh, no, it's definitely in my back of my mind. I'm definitely putting batch three. There'll be some MGP in there. Uh, I'm, I'm kidding now. And, and this, and that, you know, and that comment wasn't totally specifically uh, about competition. It's more so, you know, the feedback you hear, you know, how much of that in general that, you know, the feedback you get from folks, do you take in, you know, as you're wrestling with a batch or do you just say, no, I'm staying true to, to, to what I, to what I know or, or what works and leaving it up to the bourbon gods to, you know, make it taste like MGP. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean, I, I definitely like people's feedback. I mean, with batch one and batch two, we're very constrained with, you know, what barrels we had to choose from and, you know, what we could make happen. You know, I was blending four and five year old whiskey in less than 40 barrels. You know, that's very tough. Um, you know, to do. So it's not like I had, I didn't have like the play sandbox that a lot of people have to be like, all right, I can add this or I can add that, you know, this batch will be a little different. You know, we, we have a, a little bit more to play with some more barrels to play with. So it's going to be a slightly different than batch two and a little bit more elevated in some areas. And I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm still tweaking, but we're, we're excited about it. And uh, I think it's going to be, it's going to be a double gold stand up to the MGP <laughs> of the world uh, next year. But uh, now, but on the flip side, I'm like, I can't screw up the next batch of rye, <laughs> you know, because it's like you can only go down or we just don't enter it. <laughs> it that would do be, it. In that would now. be ideal. <laughs> um, try to trust my palate and Kenny's and he's always there critiquing me and yours as well. So it's, you know, I, I got a good group of folks that can, you know, I trust a lot of people and I, I think we're heading in the right direction and we'll, we'll keep getting better yeah, with it. I don't batch. feel that you can take a judgment from a, a whiskey competition and go, okay, we got to go back to the drawing board. We got to go figure out what we're doing. Honestly, I think the best thing that you can do from any marketing standpoint that anybody can go and play, do this playbook is, is do what we all do. And that's send your whiskey to whiskey enthusiasts and people that are in the whiskey media and have them give unbiased reviews and tell them what, the, tell us what you really think, because that's the only way that you can get some feedback. And, and whether you just say like, you can go ahead and publish something or I'd rather not publish something, but I really appreciate your feedback. Let me know what you think of this product that we're working on. And, and that's probably a better way to, to get that, that more on, you know, that, a lot of times people are going to publish things. They want to, they want to be nice. They, they don't want to, 
give you any harsh feedback only because they're, you know, they don't want to damage a relationship or they don't want to do anything like that. But if you provide a sample to somebody that you look up to or that you follow and you say, hey, I, I would really just love to get your feedback on something like this. We, we don't want you to review it or don't post anything, but I want you to analyze it. Tell me what you think's right. Tell me what you think's wrong. Give me your, you know, just hit me straight in the heart. Like, tell me, tell me what needs to be fixed in or something like that. And I think that's the best way that you can, you can kind of go back and, and figure out what you're doing. And that's kind of what Ryan did with, you know, United when we first started is giving it to a lot of our friends in the community and saying, just give me your honest feedback. Do not write a review on this because this is not a completed product, but we need to, we need to <laughs> tweak it. We need to understand exactly what are people liking, what they're not liking. And that's, that's honestly the best way to, to kind of go about and, and figure out how you're going to go forge the right path. I do, I do have one last comment about United Rye batch one. So Fred, He'll review our products in the Ascot Awards because he's not really reviewing, but his Fred Minix Whiskey of the Year, he won't review ours because obviously he's part of the podcast. And he sent us a message, you know, before he's like, I, I just can't review United Rye because I think it might win. And I was like, yeah, whatever, Fred. And then it got double go to San Fran. So I was like pretty, you know, that was that was reassuring to know that Fred thought it was very good, you know, and San Francisco backed that up too. <laughs> Is there anything on this topic of competition is there is there any criticism that you have in general of these competitions that you're like if if they just did something this way or if it just had it had this thing that would be a better way to run a spirits competition let's look at it from what the nfl does it's not like there's a bunch of referees out there with face masks on you don't know who they are right you know exactly who's making the calls you know who missed a touchdown call. You know who should have been the one. I think they should probably be a little bit more transparent and say, hey, this was who on your panel. This is who judged you. This is what they said. Just because you get the final say doesn't mean you shouldn't see everything that happens all the way through. So, yeah, I think there should be a little more transparency in it. Um, that's pretty much what all referees in every kind of sport do. They, they can't hide behind anything, so they've got to be the one out there making the judgment call. And so if they're making the judgment call, I'm not going to say that this is going to kill or grow a brand but you are in influencing a brand so maybe you should have you know a little bit more uh, or more backing to be able to kind of stand behind if that's i think that's another one be able to stand behind what you vote for and and that way you kind of know i mean if we were able to kind of go back and say like oh this person gave us gold like who is this then i can go and research them and i could understand exactly where they come from and then if i find out they're not even a whiskey person they're actually somebody that loves their they they're a sommelier that knows all about Bordeaux. Then I don't have to feel so bad. So I think that's one thing that I feel that could be a little bit more transparent. Yeah, I'll, uh, you you took the words right out of my mouth. But I I would like to know who the panel was. You know, they should announce with the results who the judges were for each category and class and whatnot. But um, two, I think. You know, I really like the Ascot Awards because it's more of like spirit that spirit focused. Like they have a lot of people. Um, I ended up not judging because I, I didn't know enough about the gin to to be on there, so I didn't feel comfortable, and they didn't either. So I feel like you know you should have those spirit focused people tasting those spirits, not just tasting all spirits. You know, it's uh, that that would, and I know it's hard because there's a lot of you know, entries in a particular category, 
But um, that would be not to mention the ascots. They do it live on YouTube as well. Yeah. And you know who's tasting it. Yeah, exactly. Like where San Francisco, you get no inside information, nothing what's going on. You just get a web page one day. (laughs) Yeah. That's about it. Either a smiley face or a frown face. That's right. So final question. And this actually pulls a little bit away from pursuit spirits and kind of leans a little bit more towards bourbon pursuit. But when are we going to see a bourbon pursuit awards? competition then never and we can and we can address some of these things <laughs> i i would venture to say probably I, I would say never is never only because i don't have more time in my life to take on something else i well, i take on I've, a small little project like a whole awards competition right yeah so i mean i i see i see what fred has done with ascot awards and it it is a considerable amount of time yeah. that has to go into it and there's a whole logistic side of things uh, to figure out and that's the people that's getting samples that's everything and uh, that's that's nothing that i want to put on my plate <laughs> that's for sure yeah we'll just do our like i think with the bourbon community roundtable like end of the year we're like give us your best rye your best bourbon whatever that's yeah that's the easy that's one what we'll do. It, i understand it's a, a it could be another form of of revenue but honestly i i feel that what we've been able to build and kind of have that we've never been a brand or in bourbon pursuit has never been a brand. That's about choosing the best whiskey or telling people what to go buy. That's never been about what we've, what we wanted to do. Uh, instead, it's all about telling the stories and making sure that people are able to connect with the brands that they hear about. They, they love and, and they can make those connections to the, the bottles they see on the shelves because they listen to the stories behind the people. And as soon as we started going down that path and said, Okay, Bourbon Pursuit's top pick of blah 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 is yeah. So we'll we'll just kind of keep it as laissez-faire as possible as as long as we can. Just to reiterate what we had mentioned earlier is that we are going to continue to keep entering competitions until we get a double gold. But this is for most people to understand that this is this is a marketing thing for for most companies. You have to look at it that from that unbiased view because it's not because somebody wins a double gold that they're Whole, all of a sudden their business is going to change. Uh, instead, it's going to have to be, they have to come and be best whiskey out of every single category and make those essentially New York Times headlines to be able to really change a business at that point. But for us, and, and I think for everybody else, you look at it as a, it's an opportunity to have something else as just part of your ammo when it comes to marketing and finding new consumers. And I think that's the one thing that we've realized that we have to be able to do is everybody that's listening to this, everybody that has probably purchased a bottle already, you are in this sort of whiskey geek world. You've probably listened to Bourbon Pursuit. You've heard of us at some point and you gave us a try. And I hope you liked it and you hope you tell a friend about it because word of mouth is the best way possible. But at some point, we've got to break beyond the the whiskey geek and get into that everyday consumer. And this is just one of those avenues to be able to make that happen. You're better off just having Fred being Fred Minnick's number two <laughs> pick on his you know, whiskey of the year. That seems to do really well for folks. <laughs> so... Unfortunately, we'll never yeah. we'll never be in Fred's Whiskey of the Year competition. That kind of hurts, doesn't it? It does, but that's okay. That's okay. We'll be all right. All right, guys. Thanks again for another exciting episode. Everyone, again, thanks for tuning in to another episode. And a reminder, like we said at the very beginning of the podcast, if there are topics or questions that you all want to send in, maybe something you want to hear us talk about on a future episode, you can do so at podcast at Pursuit Spirits. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss another episode as we put these things out and get another sneak peek behind the pursuit. 
Thanks everybody for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you later. Peace.